What's going on, everybody? This is Griffin the Geek. How's it going? Looks like we got one person here, Lawrence. What's going on, my man? So today we're going to talk about well, a few different things. I mean, we got these uh, this idea, these weird accusations that James Gunn is on his way out because Matt Reeves is getting to continue building his Batman universe. Rebel Moon, uh, is it the new Star Wars? Some people think it is. We also are going to talk a little bit about Zack Snyder's Justice League and being sold to Netflix. Uh, we had some grifters this past week try to push this narrative that, well, maybe maybe the Snyderverse could be sold to Netflix after all. So we're going to talk about all that here on Bridging the Geekdoms. boy all right what's going on everybody how's it shaking lawrence says matt reeves is the goat well maybe <laughs> what's going on everybody thank you for joining me uh thanks for checking us out checking us out on youtube or podcast feed or wherever you're checking us out from but please do hit that like button hit subscribe all that jazz to keep everything going because it's exciting. Channel's growing. People are are watching. I like it. We got like a little audience now. I love it. Triton, what's up, man? I'm here with my usual 100% unbiased takes. <laughs> Stop laughing at the, the back there. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm actually all for hearing your takes on this, Triton, because uh, there's some interesting things that we're going to talk about today, especially regarding the Snyderverse. So hopefully you're up for it. Uh, you know, it, originally I was just going to specifically make this episode very Rebel Moon centric. Uh, I was trying to figure out, like, what can we talk about this week? And it just so happens that this morning, uh, it, well, I, I think it happened late yesterday, but it really picked up steam this morning on social media. This idea that James Gunn is there's no confidence. There's a vote of no confidence for James Gunn over at DC Studios and Warner Brothers. So I was like, well, I, I have to talk about that. But I do want to talk about Rebel Moon as well. And that's kind of where I want to start with this, because let's be honest. Let, let, let's, let's be honest here. People are excited about Rebel Moon, and, and rightfully so. I think Rebel Moon's going to be a fun time. But my buddy, Prime the Godfather, uh, decided to post uh, a few days ago that in his humble opinion, this is over on his Twitter account, prime underscore 76 to check him out. He goes, in my humble opinion, Star Wars is dying and the lore it once had isn't there, which I don't agree with at all. Uh, I, I think the lore is still there. I do look. Star Wars is not what it used to be. But that's partially because of people like Kathy Kennedy not knowing what she's doing. But when you have someone like Dave Filoni or John Favreau really grabbing a hold of the reins and doing things like The Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, uh, the Ahsoka series coming up, you had Rebels. I, I think that the, the lore is still there. It's just the film side isn't what it used to be. 
But he goes, now Rebel Moon will be this generation's Star Wars with an edge and people will see in December. I, I, I'm, I'm a little curious about what everybody thinks about that. Look, I'm excited about Rebel Moon. I'm not overly excited about Rebel Moon because I was kind of burned on Army of the Dead. I got overly excited for Army of the Dead. I'm not saying that Army of the Dead was a bad film. It just didn't live up to the hype that I allowed myself build up inside of me for that movie. I enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, I'm interested to see him build out the Army of Dead universe, but I was a little disappointed. And I'm afraid of having the same thing happen to me with Rebel Moon. Huge Star Wars fan, been a Star Wars fan since 1994. I mean, I can't sit here and say that I wouldn't be excited to see Rebel Moon hit that level of enjoyment for me. I, I would love to see that happen, but I'm afraid that it may be overhyping it. I get that this idea that Zach had for this was for Star Wars. He wanted to play in the Star Wars uh, playground or sandbox, have you? And he went back in what, 2012, 2013, shortly after the sale, and he pitched this idea, and they were just like, nope, not for us. So he went back and then he went and did all of his, his DC stuff and his other little things he did here and there. And he still kind of like really worked on this for a number of years. I mean, I think it's like a decade or two that he's been really working on this story. So I get that it's built out of love, his love for Star Wars. I just don't know. I don't know. What does uh, BlackRock say? That's his opinion. Don't think it's going to be true. Uh, talking about Prime, I'm sure. Yeah, I, again... I'm not going to say that it won't be this generation Star Wars. But the thing about Star Wars was when Star Wars came out, it pushed the bar tech, you know, technically, uh, story-wise. Like it was it was such a film achievement in Hollywood and in, in the film industry. We're, we don't see that anymore because Things are are like they they change at a much faster pace in Hollywood today. I mean, you take a look at Lord of the Rings from the early 2000s to Transformers in what was that 2008, and there was a major difference in special effects there. Not saying that Lord of the Rings was bad, but just the process and how everything was done. Then you take a look from there to what Zack Snyder did. And Batman vs Superman and and Zack Snyder's Justice League, and you see these these jumps in technology and the way things are made so much faster, so much dra more drastic, or not not as drastic uh, of a change because it's just constantly happening. Back in the seventies, this was a drastic change. I, I, you take a look at the the space shows prior movies, and it, it looked nothing like Star Wars. So that was a big reason why Star Wars became Star Wars. That is why it is the big phenomenon that it was. Rebel Moon, that that does they don't have that going for it. So it has to rely on story. It has to rely on characters. It has to rely on connecting to the audience. And there's one big problem with that. Let's see what Triton says first. Rise of Skywalker broke the entire saga. Bringing back Palpatine made the rise, fall, and re fall and redemption of Anakin Skywalker across, bo across both previous trilogies 
meaningless and the ending of Jedi pointless. You're not wrong. Um, I, I will say I found a way to kind of, uh, you know, finagle that the redemption and, and chosen one arc for Anakin still can can exist with what they did with Ray. Uh, but no, I completely understand. And, and I don't disagree you know, with you all the way on that. It, Rise of Skywalker really hurts. It, not just the sequel trilogy really hurt the Star Wars saga um, story. OG or uh, Triton also says the OG Transformers trilogy, which was the original Transformers, Revenge of Fallen, Dark Moon, has better CGI than many films today. And they're from 16, 14 and 12 years ago, respectively. Lawrence says, I have no hype for Rebel Moon. I know nothing about it. Well, that's the thing, Lawrence. Uh, you know, there's not been much coming out about Rebel Moon to this point. Uh, just know that it comes from Zach's love of Star Wars. It was originally, he originally envisioned it as a Star Wars universe story film that was going to take place within the Star Wars universe, but not utilize any of the characters that we ever saw, which could have been fine, could have been really good but he ended up having to do his own thing and again i think people are most hyped about it because it's Zack snyder which is fine if if you're a big fan of Zack snyder more power to you as you can see variety you know they are yeah variety says uh, star wars movie was his original concept for rebel moon adding it was seven samurai in space I knew that the origins of Lucas were a lot of those Kurosawa films. So he was going off of that whole aspect that George Lucas went off of. Rebel Moon was written as one movie, but Netflix became hesitant after Snyder delivered a 172-page draft at that length. Rebel Moon would have clocked around three hours. The filmmaker in the studio agreed to split the project into two movies. Uh, the first arrives this December. Snyder also told Vanity Fair earlier this year that each film will receive two cuts, one cut is a movie that anyone can enjoy and watch, and one cut will be more explicit and strictly for adults. So getting back to what Prime was saying earlier, he says Rebel Moon will be this generation Star Wars with an edge and people will see in December. Sure, yeah, but it's going to be confusing for people. You have one cut that's explicit and strictly for adults and one that is family-friendly. And that can be confusing for, for people, uh, let's not, you know, I'm not saying us, you know, we all understand uh, we're, we've grown up with comic books and the different franchises and universe universes. And we really dive into all that, but the general audience, the people who go and just turn on Netflix and say, Hey, what's on Netflix today? They're going to see two versions and maybe they watch the explicit one and they get turned off by it. Maybe they watch the other one and say, Oh, wow, this seems very family friendly and childish. I don't like it. There could be issues in that regard, and I think that's going to hurt the movie. I, I think you make a movie and you make a movie. It, this idea that there has to be a director's cut, an extended edition all the time, it's just madness to me. It, it is. It's just madness. Ryan, Cinematics, DCU fan. I'm looking forward to seeing Rebel Moon, but the only problem I have is not going to theaters. I think it will go to theaters. I think they will do a limited run in the theaters. They just haven't announced it yet, but I think it will. I th actually, I think they did announce it. BlackRock, does he always have to make a movie that's three hours long? <laughs> I could get a lot of shit for this for saying it, but it comes down to script writing. 
when you write a script, you need to know how to fit everything in an allotted amount of time. You know, comedies are 90 minutes. Drama is usually around the two hour mark. Action films can fall anywhere between that. Animated films between an hour, an hour and a half. So when you're writing a script for those types of films, you need to understand, okay, the parameters are, can be about, you know, two hours long. And you write your script to that. And you can take things out, rearrange things as you're writing, fit things a different way. Uh, to me, it seems like Zach maybe isn't the greatest script writer or story writer um, in that regard. Not saying his stuff isn't good. I love the stories that he creates. But, you know, even watching something like Zack Snyder's Justice League, you sit there and you can see how that movie could be tightened up from an editing standpoint, especially, but even from a story standpoint, that movie could have been tightened up. BVS, another one, it could have been tightened up a little bit uh, and, and still had the same amount of impact. And I know he's not the scriptwriter; He's more the story. He's the story guy. And they get someone like David Goyer or some other people that are scriptwriters in there. But you know, that, that does fall on him as well because he, he works so closely with those people. Lawrence says, two cut? What? Triton, I've seen a bunch of Star Wars fans moan at Snyder's Star Wars pitch being R-rated, yet a lot of Legend Sith lore is really messed up and dark and could only be done with an R-rating. I don't mind the R-rating. I don't mind if it would have been Star Wars and R-rated Star Wars. Awesome. I wanted to see Book of Boba Fett be R-rated. That's what I wanted to see. It would have made more sense. It would have fit the character better. It would have, I think, drawn more of an audience. And again, Rebel Moon, if he wants to make a rated R version and that is his vision, then that's what he should make. He should not make a second cut of the film that doesn't have, you know, the F word in it. Or you know, if if the movie needs it, it should be there. If he's able to make a cut without all that, then why make the cut with it? it like, I, I just to me, it seems like it's a, a waste of time and an easy way to get people confused. Black Rock. Don't think it's confusing. I think he's trying to do too much. Exactly. He is. It's Netflix, not Disney Plus. Did I say Disney Plus? I'm sorry if I said Disney Plus. This is Netflix. Um, I don't know. I could have been talking about Disney Plus at some other point. Whatever. Either way, thank you, Black Rock. Uh, Triton, I have no issues with Snyder's films being long. He likes to take his time to tell his story and flesh out his worlds and characters. Also, I see nothing wrong with getting more film for your money. Again, yes. I don't mind either uh, where I mind is whenever you sit down and you watch a movie and you say, they didn't need that. They didn't need that. That could have been tightened up a little bit. That's whenever you see it, like uh, taking Zack Snyder, uh, you know, we're talking about him anyways. Let's take uh, the Snyder cut that absolutely could have been shortened by 20 or 30 minutes. It could have, uh, there's a lot of story elements and editing elements and, and artistic decisions with the slow motion. <laughs> that really could have tightened up that movie a little bit, but it's his artistic. I mean, he's, he's, that's his art. That's what he wants to make. Triton. I would, wouldn't chop or change anything about BVS. The movie legit change how I view film as a form of media. It means so much to me on a personal level. Hey, and that's great. Again, you know, I, I sit there and I look at things differently. I look at things from a more critical standpoint at times. And I hate it. I do hate it. It's, it's a curse sometimes, uh, but I will sit there and, and critique movies. And, and it, that doesn't mean I don't enjoy it. I love BVS. It's, it's one of my favorite superhero films, uh, but I, I will sit there and say like, yeah, that it, there's parts of it that I think they could have just removed or tightened up or changed a little bit. 
but again, it's it it's not to say it's a bad film. Blackrock. I mean, he's trying to have two different cuts. It's like we're talking about Netflix and Snyder is acting like he's doing a film on for Disney Plus. I see what you're saying. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the thing. It, exactly. He's it's Netflix. It, again, if the film works without being rated R, then why make it rated R? If the film works better as rated R, then why make a PG or PG 13 version? That that's what I just don't understand. That's the thing that I think is, and again, I, I know some people say it's not confusing, but it, it will confuse the regular audience. The audience who doesn't know Zack Snyder as well as we do, doesn't know what he's trying to do. And they see a preview for a movie and they sit down and they pick one and maybe it's not for them. I, I Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I just, I think he's trying too hard. I think uh, BlackRock, you said it best. He's just, he's trying too hard. He really is. But yeah, I, again, you know, for those of you, thanks for commenting on it. Let me know your thoughts on Rebel Moon. Those of you who are watching after the fact or listening after the fact, let us know what you think in the comments because I'm looking forward to it. But I'm not allowing myself to get hyped up like Prime is. Prime is he's going all for it. He's like, this is going to be the greatest thing since Star Wars, but nothing ever has been. There, that's been said multiple times, but nothing has ever come close to being as good as Star Wars. Eh, maybe close, and not in the not in the same sense of it's not good as Star Wars, but the impact that it had on a generation of film, the impact how it changed the way filmmaking would be changed. That is why Star Wars is so big. That is why when people say that. Oh, this is going to be the next Star Wars. I, I don't think you can't say that about anything these days. Uh, Lauren says two cuts are unnecessary. ZSJL was different. I may watch it. Ryan Cinematics. I agree. If the story fits for a three to four hour film, I'm in and love that type of film. Again, if it fits that, again, it, what the story is, you know, if the story is a three hour long story, a three-hour long story whatever let's move on to the next story here because this one <laughs> this one this one kind of hits on multiple fronts here that i want to talk about so yesterday around well it looks like uh, right here it says 309 miss grace randolph everybody's favorite favorite blonde-headed grifter decides to Tweet, I hear reports of building out the Reeves verse are true with additional filmmakers. I think that's crazy to have competing fully fledged cinematic universes, DC, DC Studios. I, I would like to point out, I believe it was. Mm, shoot um two years ago three years ago where they announced matt reeves was going to do batman then it was penguin then it was a gotham pd show then it was this and it was that. like there, it was just so many different things were getting announced and now people are trying to sit here and say 
oh, well, this just means, you know, what Grace Randolph is saying just means Matt Reeves is going to build a universe that has just as like Superman, Green Lantern, Flash, all of them, and it's going to compete against what James Gunn is doing. No. No. Warner Brothers and DC Studios, they're not stupid. They're not. What do people not understand that you can't, you can't compete with yourself. You just can't do it. It's bad enough that DC is competing against Marvel, competing against Netflix, competing against any other of these uh, companies that are making super Amazon with the boys. It's bad enough they have to compete with them. But to then have to compete with themselves, it's not going to happen. They are creating the Matt Reeves Bat universe, in a sense. And yes, they have been talking for years about expanding out on it. For some reason, they thought a Penguin show was going to be the best thing to start with. I don't know why. I don't think he was all that charismatic of a character in the movie. But that's my opinion. Some people love it. I don't want to yuck on your yum. Enjoy it if you want. But here's the thing. If they build out this universe, they're just going to build out the rogues gallery for Batman. They're just going to build out Gotham. It's it's always been talked about how this is going to be similar to Nolan's Batman, where it's very realistic and, and grounded. When you start bringing in the Flash, Superman, and Green Lanterns, and Wonder Woman's, that gets it away from being grounded. And that that is a problem right there because now you have people who are sitting there saying that James Gunn has there's no confidence in James Gunn when it comes to um, DCU as you see here there's no way they have money for both so Gunn may be starting to lose grip all right James Gunn hasn't even started. His universe hasn't even come out. To sit there and act like he's lost grip. Oh, there's no confidence in James Gunn is completely, completely asinine. It really is. And I say this because James Gunn has a vision. He's created a plan. Let's just say he makes this 10-year plan uh, you know, presents it to, to David Zaslav and the Warner Brother heads, and they're all like, yeah, we love it. Let's go for it. They set up DC Studios. He starts pre-production. He's writing. He's casting. He's doing all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, before anything even gets made, they go, oh, on second thought, we're going to go over here and just do this. It, it doesn't make sense. People want to create issues they want to create turmoil they want to you know create anything that will make james gunn look bad why because they want dc to fail for no damn reason i don't care who's in charge of dc studios it could be james gunn it could be kevin foggy it could be patty jenkins hell it could be uh What's her name? Uh, Greta Gerwig. It could be whomever. Kathy Kennedy. I don't care who's in charge of DC Studios. Regardless of who is in charge, I'm going to hope that they make damn good content. That the content they make makes me want to see it. Makes me excited to see it. 
that is how we should be looking at this. Everybody should be looking at it that way. You may not like James Gunn. You may think he's a shitty director, a crappy writer, a terrible producer. But regardless of that, you should be sitting there saying, look, I don't like what he does, but I hope that he gets the right filmmakers, right writers, right producers to help him build this out to where I enjoy it. Is that so hard to do? Let's say we're four or five movies in and you don't like any of it. Sure, then you can start criticizing and saying, calling for his head like people do with Kathy Kennedy right now. That makes sense. But to call for his head before we've seen even an inkling of the DCU is crazy. And don't give me this crap that, well, I didn't like the Suicide Squad or I don't like Guardians of the Galaxy or I didn't like Peacemaker. He is not a one-trick pony. You can see that between Scooby-Doo, Dawn of the Dead, Peacemaker, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, everything that he's ever done, it, it's almost vastly different. There's not anything that feels exactly the same, whether he's writing or directing. He's not a one-trick pony. He can do multiple things. He is a talented writer. So give him a chance. And even if you don't want to say, yeah, I support what he's doing, sit back and say, I hope he makes something I like. I hope he does well with this. I hope he treats Superman with respect. That makes sense. That makes sense. Let's see what people are saying over here. Uh, Lauren says, one big DC universe is good enough. We don't need a Justice League in Matt Reeves' universe. Triton says, biting tongue intensifies. Lawrence says, I care about who is writing the DC project the most. Again, you should hope for the best. You don't have to like the guy, but hope for the best. We know that all of the bitching and moaning and crying and screaming on social media is not going to change anything right now. They're going full steam ahead with James Gunn creating the DCU. So why don't we wait? And I'm not saying go see Blue, Blue Beetle. I'm not saying go see Aquaman. That, look, I will never tell you to go see a movie you don't want to see. But I will call you out whenever you start criticizing movies that aren't even out yet, movies that haven't even been written yet, movies that aren't in any kind of production at all at this point. Because that's just dumb. Like you haven't seen anything. So that's where I stand on this. And, and here's the thing. James Gunn is going to be successful. He's going to be successful. I, you may not like to hear that, but there's a big difference between what is going to happen with the DCU than what happened with the DCEU. And that big difference is vision. But Zack Snyder had vision. You're right, he did. <laughs> not wrong. But it wasn't just his vision that was there. It was Jeff Johns. It was uh, Kevin Tushahara. It was John Berg. It was, you know, Patty Jenkins. It was James Wan. They all came in there, all had these other ideas, were being told different things from different people, and nothing could come together. Then you had the backstabbing and everything. We know the story of what happened in 2015, 16, 17. We know that. But that's the major difference right now. We have James Gunn, Peter Safran, 
And I'm sure they're going to have a group of story people. I'm sure they're going to get some producers. They're going to get great directors. James Mangold's going over there. We got uh, Andy Muschietti going over there. They're going to be working on films. So I'm not worried from that aspect. But the other big difference, the other big difference is it's going to be fresh. And as I said last week, and I keep bringing this up because I really want to know how James Gunn intends to make sure the audience knows this is new. This is different. This is separate from what you were seeing till 2023. I want to know how he's going to differentiate that for the general audience. Because as long as he's able to do that, and he does it in a, in a good way, he's going to be successful. You're going to see a new Superman. You're going to see a new Lois. You're going to see a new Batman. You're going to see a new this. People will get excited. And obviously the look, the aesthetic is going to be very, very different from what we've seen from the DCEU, which was built off of the Zack Snyder aesthetic. And I talked about that last week. Very dark, very orange and gloomy and, you know, dark colors, muted colors. That's what the DCEU was. You take a look at Aquaman, very bright movie, billion dollar film. But then again, you have Wonder Woman 84, bright movie, but it was just terribly written. So that wasn't a good example, but <laughs> I think that's what they're going to go for. The, the aesthetic, the look, the feel is going to be very different from the DCEU. I want to know what's going on, why it keeps flashing like that. Uh, biting tongue. Triton says, damn it, you beat me to the Snyder remark. <laughs> Lawrence, yeah, I'm giving Andy Muschietti a chance for Batman Brave and the Bold, even though I didn't like the same, like some things he did in the Flash movie. Again, I mean, Andy Muschietti, he's good. I mean, I loved the It films, um, and then I enjoyed the Flash. He's a, he's a very talented filmmaker. Um, I, I think... Given better, more freedom and better direction as well. It's kind of contradicting there, I understand. But remember, The Flash was just hampered in rewrites and different directors and what's going on with Ezra Miller and this and that. I think Brave and the Bold, I think, is going to be very different because it's going to be written. They're going to prove it. And then he's going to have the freedom to do what he wants to do with the direction of remember, this is all connected to this because the flash, it's like, what is it connected to? Is it the Snyderverse? Is it DCEU? Is it this? Is it that? There's always those questions being asked and he could never really answer them. Now he's going to have a better direction with that and be able to flesh out the story a lot better. Lawrence says true. Triton, you know, my thoughts on all this and my reasons for my thoughts too long i was battered beaten screwed around etc i'm often happiest forgetting dc exists and i'm hoping triton and, and you know what i'm hoping is there comes a time when you can sit back and and watch watch a dc film a dcu film a james gunn run dcu film and enjoy yourself and be taken away that's what i hope for anybody those who are naysayers, those who want Snyder back, those who don't want Snyder back, I don't care who you are. I want you to be able to go to one of these films and just be happy and excited that you're watching it. 
that's what I want whenever I go see a movie. And that's what we should be hoping for. This idea that we have to beat down James Gunn because we don't like him and hope that he gets fired, knowing full well that it would delay DC content from coming out, knowing well that you know it, it could very well put an end to DC content coming out for a long while, it makes no sense to me. Why do people want Blue Beetle to fail? Why are people boycotting Blue Beetle? Why are people boycotting it? There's no reason at this point. You're not hurting anybody by boycotting it, but your enjoyment. Go check it out. Maybe you'll like it. Maybe you don't. But by boycotting it, what, what does it really do? It takes the money out of the pockets of the current Warner Brothers regime. They already have written DC off this year. <laughs> After the failure that Flash was, I think they sit there and they say, you know what? We can't count on Blue Beetle. We can't count on Aquaman. So let's not count on him. That's simple. And I think at this point, Blue Beetle, which is was supposed to be a straight-to-streaming film, I mean, you can't expect much anyways. Aquaman's a different story. Again, I'm not saying go watch the movie. I'm not saying you have to watch a movie. I just think that this desire for wanting something to fail because you don't like James Gunn or you think that he put his hand in, in the film. Like To me, that's just... You know, I, on social, on Twitter today, there's a guy that just was coming up with all of this stuff about James Gunn saying James Gunn rewrote the flash movie to fit his agenda. And it's like, where are you getting this information? People are just coming and, and pulling shit out of their ass, which I guess makes sense. Cause anyway, but they're, they're pulling this stuff out of their ass to try and look smart and to justify why they're boycotting it. But it's not true. A lot of the times people just say things because they're like, Oh, we're not supposed to like James Gunn. Well, I can't like James Gunn either. So, oh yeah, he wrote the rewrote the Flash movie and ruined everything. No, dude, he just said, "Hey, why don't we use this ending scene for the movie?" Like, don't need to rewrite anything. Like that's all. <laughs> that that's the that's what's going on. It's just maddening to me. It, James Gunn's DCU will be successful. It's going to be successful. Again, I know, I know, Triton, you probably don't want to hear that. But it's true. It's going to be successful. It's going to be probably far more successful than the, the DCEU was. I'm not saying immediately. I'm not saying that Superman Legacy is going to come out to a billion dollars. I'm not saying after two or three movies that they're going to see a billion dollar movie. Look, right now, billion dollar movies are, you're lucky to, to sniff $800 million for a movie right now. Especially domestically. Domestically, films are down 20% from 2019 and i go back to 2019 because really since then it's been down big time and yes the 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 box office has gone up you know it went up 70 percent then 20 percent or 40 percent to 20 percent but it's still down 20 percent this year from 2019 the last year pre-pandemic and that's crazy you know, and you take a look, you can't expect with ticket sales being down so much, you can't expect to see more that many billion dollar films. 
let's see. Lawrence says James Gunn didn't have time to rewrite the Flash movie. No, he didn't because he didn't get hired until November and didn't start his position at DC Studios until uh, December. So, yeah, I mean, he wouldn't have been able to rewrite it. It was shot. It was in the can. Triton, I'll be su I'll surprise you, but I love the first Guardians, the first two Guardians of the Galaxy films. It's weird because I love the first Guardians. It's top two Marvel movie for me. Uh, I, I love the first Guardians film. The second one, I'm not a big fan of. The third one, I really, really enjoy. I enjoy the third one more than the second one. Uh, but yeah, the second one, uh, I, I'm not a big fan of that. But hey, that's awesome. I mean, and and I think Triton, I know you're you're hesitant with the DCU, but look at Guardians. Look at Guardians as the example of what James Gunn is going to be able to do in some respects to the DCU. They're not all going to be like that. I mean, we've already know that James Mangold's making a swamp thing that's going to be more horror-esque. I'm sure Muschietti isn't going to make a comedy with Batman. And I don't think Superman is going to be a comedy, a straight-up comedy either. But I think it's going to have that same heart that Guardians has when it comes to with the Superman movie. And it's going to have that same heart. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I think it, it'll work. I think he's going to, James Gunn has multiple times has stated that he wants to allow filmmakers to be filmmakers. He wants to get away from this, this laziness that everything has become in regards to superhero films. And that's going to be allowing the directors and writers to write meaningful and direct meaningful films. Lawrence, for sure, James Gunn is going to be successful. Triton, fun fact, aside from Guardians of the Galaxy films, every film Gunn has directed has flopped at the box office. And I think it's safe to assume that Guardians was only a success because of the MCU brand. Uh... Okay. So. How many movies? I, I got to pull this up now. And, and while we do this, um, I while we do this, let's see. All right, James Gunn, IMDb. I guess we should pull this up here, shouldn't we? So we can all look at it together. So Guardians, the Holiday Special, Peacemaker, uh, Short doesn't count. The Suicide Squad, he did direct. Guardians got that a music video. Guardians Volume Two, that's a video game. He was he wrote Belko Experiment. He didn't direct. Actually, let's do this. Not wait. What happened? I want to just see what he directed. Okay, so just what he directed, and we're gonna start back all the way at the the beginning. So Traumaville Cafe, Hamster PSA, Trauma's Ed, Slither, Slither, Slither. Okay, Slither is a movie. Did it? I mean, what do, what was the expectation for that? I know that it has a cult following. And again, when you talk about flop, when you talk about things like that, and I had a conversation on social media about this today, you can't just look at box office. You have to look at the, the reception, not just by critics, but by fans as well. And I say this all the time, whether it's Marvel, whether it's DC, whether it's Star Wars, whether it's whatever it is, 
you can't just look at the box office. And I get that when it comes to Hollywood, when it comes to studios, it comes down to the almighty dollar. I get that. I do get that. That's a TV series. TV series. I'm not going to talk about that. Super. Yes. Super flopped. But super was just stupid. I don't know. Not super. Movie 43. And he only directed a part of that, but that movie flopped as well. Super is another cult classic. That is another cult film that people love. Guardians didn't flop. Guardians, both, all three Guardians didn't flop. Suicide Squad. Financially did it flop? Yes, but you can't hold that completely against James Gunn. You can't. It, I get that there were other movies that dropped day and date on HBO Max in the theaters that were more successful, that made more money. I get that. But one, it's a rated R film. It was rated R. Rated R movies, and I get it. Yes, you have Logan, you have Deadpool, have all done fantastic at the box office. But a rated R film, those usually make less money than your normal film will make, especially a superhero movie, typically. On top of that, it was still post very recent out of the pandemic, very short time frame after the pandemic. So that's number two. Number three, you can't, you cannot ignore the rest of the DCU surrounding it. The first Suicide Squad, it made $700 million. I don't care who you are. I don't care who would have directed it. The Suicide Squad was always going to make less than that because of how bad the first Suicide Squad was. On top of that, it was rated R. On top of that, you had the pandemic. On top of that, release day and date on HBO Max. And then you had the rest of the DCU around it. That just was not going well at all. Was not going well at all. So, and don't forget the last one before that was, what was it? Wonder Woman 84 and Birds of Prey. Look how bad those were. There's so many reasons why the Suicide Squad flopped financially. You cannot justifiably sit there and say, it's because James Gunn directed. It's because James Gunn wrote it. It's a fun movie. I enjoyed it. I liked it. And I know a lot of other people that did. But those people that did like it watched it on HBO Max. Why? Because they could. It was free. And why, why didn't they go to theaters? Well, one, it was for free on HBO Max, and they didn't want to go to the theater. So I, I don't hold what people say, oh, the Suicide Squad flopped. I'm sorry, I, I can't stick with you on that. Peacemaker was widely applauded. Widely applauded. Holiday Special, widely applauded. Guardians 3, big success. So really, you're looking at Super and slither as being flops flops let's take a look here slither box office let's see if slither box office made 12.8 million dollars against a 15 million dollar budget so yes that is very much very much a a failure a flop but you take a look at the Rotten Tomatoes, the, the IMDb, it's got higher scores, 81%, 87%. It's got a following. It's Yes, financially it was a flop, but, you know, it, again, people like it. 
super box office, super um well, Dragon Ball Super, okay. Super movie. Let's see what that is. Yeah, that is 49% Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, this was a big flop for them. For him, absolutely. And I won't even try to try to defend that at all. I won't. Triton says I'd be prepared for legacy to underperform. I don't think it will. I don't think it will. You know, I, I, I think people are going to see the, the bright colors. They're going to see, uh, a, a, and don't get mad at me, Triton. Don't get mad at me. I defend this all the time for the Snyderverse, but people are going to see a smiling Superman on, on the previews, on the trailers. They're going to see him being heroic. They're going to see hope on the screen and it's going to, it's going to sell well. I, I, billion maybe not but it's going to make money i hold dc to a different standard to marvel and i hate a dc film like guardians of the galaxy i like my dc deeper more serious etc it's not to say that we won't get that not to say we won't get that unfortunately though the way the superhero movie trend is that's not what the mass audience wants that's not where the money is not saying we won't get it. I just don't think, and I wouldn't expect to get it all the time. Lawrence says a lot of people like the Suicide Squad movie. And they do. They do. A lot of people do like the Suicide Squad. But yeah, let me know your thoughts. I want to know what you guys think about James Gunn's DCU. Do you think it's going to be successful? Do you think that Matt Reeves has taken over? Do you think that there, there's no confidence in James Gunn from Warner Brothers? Yeah, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, James Gunn should just cancel Blue Beetle. He can't cancel Blue Beetle. Oh, he should just cancel Aquaman. He can't cancel Aquaman. Those are Warner Brother picture movies. They're not DC studio films. Uh, so, you know, people are, are, are sitting there saying that he's making bad decisions when it comes to things that he can't even make decisions about. So, yeah, keep that in mind. But, yeah, let me know your thoughts. Throw it in the comments. All right. This topic I was saving for last uh, because I felt this would be the biggest draw. Because it's ridiculous. Because can we just let things die? <laughs> can we just move on from it? So we know a big movement that happened a number of months, years ago. Uh, not even years ago, about a year ago, months ago was sell Zack Snyder's Justice League, sell Snyderverse to Netflix. That was what, last year it started? And people thought they were getting traction. People thought, hey, it's going to happen. Why? It, it makes so much sense, people said. Well, as I said earlier, it makes no sense. There's no sense with that because you don't want to compete against your own brand. You don't want to do it. You don't. When it comes to animation, when it comes to one-offs small universes absolutely that's fine but when you have one artist creating a justice league you can't have another artist making a justice league you can't have them competing against each other makes no financial sense none so here we sit and i talked about one grifter earlier well two more grifters decided to well, try and grift a good bit this week. 
So Mikey Sutton, who is good friends with everybody's favorite YouTube grifter, Syllabdol, decided to get on YouTube the other day and clickbait everybody into thinking that, oh, they can get the Snyderverse to Netflix if they just pay to get Zack Snyder's Justice League on Netflix. That's what they're doing. Lawrence says, I like a more bright Superman. Triton says, believe it or not, most of the Snyder fans I talk to think the Netflix thing is ridiculous. And I applaud them, Triton. I applaud them. I really do. So, <clears throat> this from Mikey Sutton on Geek Hosty Mag, and I pulled it up so you don't have to pull it up. Don't give them clicks. Netflix is the only option left for the Snyderverse to potentially continue after The Flash crashed into a wall. Despite a fresh rating from critics and an 84% approval from audiences on Rotten Tomatoes, The Flash will lose about $200 million. Without a doubt, Warner Brothers Discovery will not restore the Snyderverse. Really? Although DC Studios co-CEO James Gunn already killed such goals when he announced his reboot, some hardcore fans still held hope. But Cavill, no longer being Superman, should have been the final nail in the coffin. After all, Cavill was the heart of the Snyderverse. Without him, there is no Snyderverse. The box office failure of Black Adam hoisted the red flags. Despite Cavill's well-hyped cameo as Superman, a number of fans boycotted it. They complained about John Williams' iconic Superman, the movie score being used instead of Hans Zimmer's music. Many complained that Cavill wore Superman's trademark blue outfit instead of Snyder's black from the Justice League. And here's the crazy thing about all this. He's sitting here writing about this, and he was the one saying and telling people, it's going to be the Hans Zimmer score. He's going to wear the black suit. Don't you worry. A few even gave Justice League director Josh Whedon credit for such a vision. Ridiculous. It's impossible to gauge how much of this sunk Black Adam. Certainly, it had to, ha it had to have heard it on opening weekend. Netflix is last chance for Snyderverse after The Flash loses $200 million. That's what he says. Although Snyder had nothing to do with either Black Adam or The Flash, they existed within the DC world he shaped. To Hollywood executives, they see all these films as the DCEU, and The Flash's failure told them once again there is no money in it. Certainly not enough for Warner Brothers' discovery with their financial issues. Prior to Gunn's hiring, Warner Brothers Picture Group co-chairman Mike DeLuca planned to keep aspects of the Snyderverse alive before an eventual makeover. For example, Cavill's Man of Steel 2 and even a Justice League sequel with the Snyderverse actors. A last ride. All gone. David Cornswood is the new Superman. A new Batman will be introduced. Still, Warner Brothers' line of Elseworld DC projects like Joker and Batteries Batman franchises made some think the Snyderverse could find a hole in there somewhere. After the Flash disaster, disaster, Warner Brothers will never dip into the DCU again. Even Aquaman, the Lost Kingdom director James Wan, is assuring people his picture isn't in the DCEU, like it has the cooties or something. But YouTube personality Skywalker, the Jedi, an alternative, saw an alternative, the last Jedi, saw an alternative to Warner Brothers Discovery, Netflix. Sell. Z ZSJL to Netflix campaign exploded over Twitter. In fact, it became so popular that even Forbes magazine gave the idea their seal, seal of approval. 
when Skywalker met Snyder in person at the first full circle charity event, he asked the filmmaker how he felt if Warner brothers did sell it. Snyder answered. And so, yes, we'll be interested in whatever medium or whatever way the ideas would be made. Of course I would. Uh, yeah. And in the meantime, we forge ahead and we do what we do. According to game rant, or, um, he even wrote Snyder versus sell it on his poster. According to game rant, there could be movement on selling Zack Snyder's justice league to Netflix. He says it's per game rant. Now it appears Netflix is interested in the HBO library with rumors that may even include the Snyder verse. Previously deadline reported that Warner brothers discoveries and talks with Netflix to lease package deals. And that is all true. You know, HBO has HBO. Keep that in mind. HBO. That is very important to keep that in mind. HBO has licensed out a handful of their properties to Netflix. That's to help get some money flowing into Warner Brothers right now. They are hurting money financially. So that makes sense. And, uh, you know, he goes on to say, certainly Netflix has an outstanding and supportive relationship with Snyder with his original IP, such as Army of the Dead and Rebel Moon. At least the possibility exists somewhere. <sighs> Look. <laughs> yes. Um, BlackRock says, can't believe they're still about this. Lauren says, Mikey Sutton makes me laugh. Triton, would Cavalry turn to Netflix after a whole Witcher mess? Also, I'll put my hand up and confess I'm guilty of complaining about the blue suit and William's theme in his Black Adam cameo. <laughs> Netflix is not going to buy all of the IPs they need to buy to continue the Snyderverse. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Could they buy Zack Snyder's Justice League? Absolutely. I completely didn't even put this up on screen. Whoops. Could they possibly, you know, it may get Zach because Zack Snyder's Justice League was an HBO Max original, you know, that's what they, they called it. It's a for HBO Max, which is HBO. So yes, they could very well license that movie to Netflix. It's a possibility. They could do Man of Steel. They could do Batman vs Superman. With Warner Brothers Pictures. Again, that's not HBO. That's Warner Brothers Pictures. So they have to do a separate deal with Warner Brothers Pictures to license them onto Netflix, which isn't out of the question. I mean, they still license their movies elsewhere. But that's not going to push them to get the Snyderverse restored. Triton even makes a great point here. He goes, would Cavill return to Netflix after the whole Witcher mess? I think Cavill's issue with The Witcher was more the producers and the creative minds behind The Witcher wasn't Netflix necessarily. And I think if it was Zack Snyder, I think he would be willing to do it just to put on the suit one more time. But there is that to worry about. There's other things to worry about, like the amount of money it's going to cost Netflix. It's not like it's a thousand dollars. It's not like it's a million dollars. It's not like it's two million dollars. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Hundreds of millions of dollars to license out Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. And it's not like they can just say, well, here's 500 million for, each, for, for everybody. They have to do a deal specifically with each one because of the way that the, the, the ownership works for those characters. So it, it, it would be so difficult for them to do it and again they don't want to compete netflix wouldn't want to compete with what james gunn is doing 
James Gunn's not going to want to compete with what Netflix is doing. So people who are sitting there, oh, James Gunn's just afraid. It's not that he's afraid. He just doesn't want to compete. Why? Yeah, he's got to compete with Marvel. He's got to compete with Amazon and other streamers. Like, it, people need to understand it's not going to happen. But you have grifters out there who continuously, continuously push this idea that it is possible, that it could happen. And it just continues to divide the fandom. It continues to build the toxic side of the fandom because they think, oh, there is a chance. There is a chance. No, there's no chance. It's not happening. I, I hate to say it. I don't want to be the guy that, that says it. I'm not the one that wants to, to piss you all off. This is vastly different than the Snyder Cut. This is vastly different than that. Snyder Cut, originally they thought it was only going to cost them 20, 30, 20 to $30 million to complete it. It bumped up supposedly around $70 million to complete it. The uh, uh, Jason Killar even was not happy about that because he was the one that greenlit this whole thing. And when it jumped up to $70 million, he wasn't happy about it. But it happened. They pushed it out. It got done. This, this is a deal. For Netflix, hundreds of millions of dollars before production, before they even put pen to paper, before they get cameras rolling. So they're that you can't sit like I just don't I don't understand. Maybe you can all help me understand why people want to latch onto this so much. Look up in the corner over there, right? Is it over there? Let's uh put this away. Yeah, right over, right, 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 right there in that corner animate the Snyderverse Just animate it they can license out the animation rights far easier far cheaper and I could see Netflix doing that and I think Netflix should I think Netflix should approach Warner Brothers should approach DC Studios and say look how about this we want to license out Zack Snyder's Justice League Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman. But we're interested in continuing the Snyderverse in animation. Talk to them, see what they would say. Get Zach on board. Zach would then work with the cast to get them on board. It would, I mean, it wouldn't be easy, but that's a lot easier and a lot cheaper. Because you're then talking about maybe 100 $200 million total for everything by Netflix. I don't know. Let me know your thoughts. I want to know what you guys think about all this. It's, it's crazy to think I I'm so sick and tired of people like Syl Abdul, Mikey Sutton, Grace Randolph. I'm just sick of these people throwing out there these little bits of information just to get clicks, just for people to get pissed off. And it just further divides the DC fandom. I, I just don't get it. I don't understand why people latch onto it. I don't get it. Triton says, I don't push for the Netflix thing, but I understand why people do anyway to get Snyder's story finished. And I agree. I would love to see his story finished. I would. I think it needs to happen. I want it to happen. Could happen graphic novel. Max Snyder said he's up for that. Yeah, he's up for sure. And you do that. 
Your brothers isn't going to keep going back to Maybe five, ten years if they do a big crisis event, James Gunn will convince people to to jump in from the DCEU to make little cameos, but they're not going to go back to that well. Not anytime soon. Definitely not. So maybe maybe they're not wrong. Maybe now is the time for Netflix to jump in, but it's not for live action. It's for animation. Animate the Snyderverse. That's what I say. I'm going to continue saying it. Especially because, in my eyes, I want to push this movement, this campaign, as a more positive campaign. One that does not rely on toxicity, rely on bashing James Gunn or those in charge at Warner Brothers or Discovery or DC Studios. Anyways, everyone, thank you. Thank you so much for stopping by today listening to me talk nothing better than talking at a bunch of people thank you for stopping by uh next week i'm not sure i'm, I'm trying to get some people on next week um hopefully some big news pops up if you guys ever want us to talk about something in particular message us on twitter hey triton don't be sorry don't be sorry about the bashing i understand it, it, but you weren't really even bashing. We just had a good conversation. So don't worry about it, man. I'm not worried about it. You shouldn't be worried about it. But yeah, if... <coughs> excuse me. If there's ever a time that you guys want me to talk about something on my show, throw me a message on Twitter. We have an email down below. You can email us in the description. Email us if you want us to talk about something. If you have questions... Heck, if you want to be on the show, reach out to me and we will set up so you can be on the show as well. With all that said, guys, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching. It's great. I will talk at all of you. Later.